Like, Bam, we're live. Oh, look, when I zoom in like that, I kind of see like artifacts in my shit. Do you see that? Artifacts? Like digital artifacts. Like, like it looks like it's like struggling to hold my shit together. Maybe because it's not bright enough. Interesting. Center. Good morning, Corey Polito. Uh, we'll have you, uh, Corey Polito will be coming on the show at 715 uh, for five or 10 minutes to talk to us about a program he's running at his university where he's been teaching for seven years. Uh, good morning, Vindicate. Get all your CrossFit check. Get all your uh, Sevon podcast CEO stuff over at vindicatevndk8.com. Uh, Chase Bryan, good morning. Uh, damn, Sevon is almost at Hiller status. He's got 19,900 subscribers. Uh, Kenneth DeLapp, good morning. Uh, Chase Bryan, Kenneth Jethro, good morning. Damien, good morning. Melissa, good morning. Jeffrey Birchfield, good morning. <laughs> Heidi Kroom, good morning. Miss Christine Young, morning. And, uh, Steve Whitney, good morning, gents. Don't assume my sex, please. <laughs> and finally, but most importantly, get with the programming. Good morning. Hi, soccer mom. Good morning. Soccer mom. Okay. Ryan, okay. No one, no more. No more. Good morning. Got no more. No. Alan, no, no more. No more. Ryan, no more. No, no. Oh, Alan got engaged. He did? Where did you see that? Yeah, his icon photo. Oh, yeah. That's new. Only a CrossFitter gets engaged wearing, she's wearing booty shorts. <laughs> it's awesome. My favorite. Okay. Uh, I didn't share this one with you guys, but I just thought I would start this off with uh, this interesting one. Um, the, I, I had this somewhere and I couldn't find it. Um, so I just quickly did it this morning. It's always good to put things in perspective. Good morning, Caleb. Good morning. <laughs> morning. Uh, na uh, nationwide drug spending grew 7.7% in 2021, will increase another 4% or 6% in 2022. Blah, blah, blah. It means nothing. It means nothing. We don't know what that means. The U.S. total drug spending grew 7% to $576 point nine billion dollars in 2021 five hundred and seventy six billion on pharmaceuticals so to put that in perspective that means that those are all the people who have to go to cvs or longs or whatever your your store is i don't even know if they still have longs and you have to wait those are the people that wait in line in the back of the store that we see while we're in there getting pencils for our kid or like paper or some shit like that or like hemorrhoid cream uh <laughs> these are this is the money that they um are spending on drugs that have been prescribed to them by a doctor so this is what doctors do imagine imagine how much money that is can you do a quick calculation of that let's say that there's um we'll just use taxpayers let's say there's 140 million uh, adults in the united states there's i think there's like 350 million people but let's say there's 140 million adults um can we divide 140 million into 576 billion? Jeez. But I'm, I'm going to let you know how much money 576 billion is here in one second. Uh, so you understand 
how much crazy money that is. Uh, point zero. I don't even know if I did the math right because <laughs> I took a little large math. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I think you. I think you forgot a zero of its point. It should be like a thousand dollars a person, or seven thousand, or something. Did you say you said a million into a billion? Yeah. Five hundred seventy-six billion divided by one hundred and forty oh. million. You might. You might. The calculator you on. Said, um, you said it reversed. You said it reversed. Oh, very, very possible. Five hundred seventy-six. Please send me something in the private chat when I fuck up. Don't uh, call me out in front of. Oh, sorry. Uh, no problem. <laughs> Five seventy six. One, two, three. That's five hundred seventy six thousand. That's five hundred seventy six million. That's five hundred seventy six billion divided by one hundred and forty. One, two, three. One, two, three equals. That's uh forty one thousand one hundred forty two dollars. Yeah. And how is uh, holy smokes? What? How? Just so you know, the average white guy in the United States makes sixty thousand a year. Average Indian dude makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, but 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 that's not the that's not the part I want to show you. This is the crazy part. Okay, you ready? Let's look at the GDP of countries. Oh, the GDP of Belgium is the same amount. The GDP basically of uh, two thousand twenty-one. I mean, you got these countries hovering: Poland, Sweden, Belgium, Thailand, Ireland, Austria, Nigeria, Israel, Argentina, Norway, South Africa, United Arab Emirates, Denmark, Denmark, Egypt, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Vietnam, Bangladesh, Chile, Colombia, Finland. Dude, we spend more on drugs than the entire GDP times two. America. Yeah, look at New Zealand. We're number. We one. spend more on pharmaceuticals in this country. Than the GDP of New Zealand times two. It's uh, a pandemic. <sighs> That's crazy. If you have not seen the five du- buckets of death, uh, Google that video. It's a video that Greg Glassman made just prior to leaving, um, selling, and walking off into the sunset. And it will explain to you uh, what's going on here. Heidi Krum, America. <laughs> We're the only country that allows pharmaceuticals to uh, advertise on TV too, right? Or just in general? I think there's one, maybe one other country, but yeah. Yeah. And basically you think, well, what's the big deal about that? It, 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 the, the problem is, is then they own the news stations because the news stations right. are dependent on that money. It's not so much the advertising that matters. It's the fact that once they start the um, owning the pay, they basically own the payroll of our TV. Not basically, they do. They do, yeah. Pharma owns the pay. They're subsidizing everything you're watching on TV. Brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah, it, and it does. Just so you know, it doesn't even matter if it's not the news shows. It's all the shows. Um, uh, they're not going to let their comedy special make fun of pharma if their news show is sponsored by if the payroll of their news show and their executives are getting money from pharma it's so simple this isn't conspiracy this is like fact this is just the way we work this is why people don't speak up because you don't want to get fired i know i think i have a twitter account 
I need someone to show me how to use Twitter. You do. We have we have two. It's streaming right now to Twitter. Oh, okay. I don't really know how to use it. I, I don't like every time I click on something like to go to comment or something, it, it doesn't seem intuitive to me. Yeah. It's like you click the picture and then you can't actually see the comments. Or then I click the comments and when I want to comment, it takes me to other people's comments. And when I don't want to comment, when I want to read other comments, it takes me to where I comment and I just have everything just, just backwards. I really like what's going on over there though. It's one of the few things I type in my URL Twitter and then hit the news on Google. It's hilarious. I actually watched, I watched three news pieces yesterday on Twitter. Each of them was like three minutes long. And, you know, it's like the lady standing in front of Twitter headquarters from ABC, NBC, and CBS. And they all say nothing. It's just bad mouthing Twitter, but they don't say Twitter could be on the verge of collapse. Okay. But tell me what, what's going on over there. Uh, employees were told to work hard and instead of working hard, they're leaving. I'm like, all right, well, where's the verge of collapse? That sounds great to me. <laughs> that sounds great to me. I would love it instead of firing people if all I had to do was say, hey, you have to work hard. And then all the people who didn't want to work hard just left. They form a union. They're going to form a union. I did see that uh, – I saw that Andrew Tate uh, went got went on Twitter and like in the first hour or 24 hours, he put on a million followers. Holy shit. How people don't think it's concerning that the president of the United States was kicked off of a social media platform is – Bizarre. <laughs> Savon will find a way to get canceled there. Oh, no. <laughs> Nelly. <laughs> this, I, I was thinking, I, I was t talking with Susie yesterday. Not a lot, like only five or six hours on the phone. <laughs> and I was like, dude, we have, uh, we tackle every subject that you've been told not to tackle. We tackle every fucking subject. We're like flies to just like those subjects. Transgender. Definitions of words. Sex versus gender. Abortion. Abortion. The killing of babies. Uh, race. Uh, what's it mean? Like why do they keep calling it black people when it's just it, the skin color has nothing to do with anything other than, you know, your, your ability to survive further or closer um, to the equator. The vaccine. Mm -hmm. it, it's just, and then, and then Sousa drops this line on me. He goes, dude, I go, what? He goes, we're like salmon swimming upstream against the algorithm <laughs> i fucking a tear came from my eye i was so i was laughing so hard it's the truth i just picture like in the matrix like a couple x's and o's just trying to fucking swim up against the all the o, x's and o's coming down dumpers yeah we talk about dumpers dumpers we talk about our appreciation for giant dumpers i've told this story uh, many so times, weird. but I'll, but I'll tell the story again just so for people. Yeah, it's so good. That's, That's us. us. Look at oh, I see Bruce Wayne. There he is. Look at him. He's not going to make it. <laughs> Bruce, you can't be jumping that far from the water. You're going to get eaten by a bear, buddy. Oh yeah, this word we talk about. This word. Oh geez. Oh my goodness. Uh, Seventy percent of salmon have parasites. Sevon probably snotted from laughing, I'm sure. 
I, when I first, when I first started doing, um, CrossFit, one of the things I, I noticed right away is, um, from, from the squatting was my quads and my, my butt. And I just always remember tripping on that, like how, how they were developing my quads and my, and my hamstrings and my butt, just that whole area there. And my wife was like, in the first year I was doing CrossFit, she wasn't a, a big fan. She thought it was uh, excessive. And then believe it or not, she saw what she actually saw, saw was a video I made about Allison NYC doing pull-ups. And that actually inspired her. My wife's like, Oh, there's, that's just a regular chick doing pull-ups. And then I, and then that day she went to the park and she, she got a pull-up. She went and she did it. She went to the park with me because I used to work out at the park. There was a 330 meter track that I thought was 400 meters. I thought I was running, I thought I was running sub 400s for over or sub one minute 400s for over a year. God, I'm such a jackass. <laughs> and then one day some guy's like, Hey dude, it's a 330 meter track. That meant my 400s were slow as shit actually. <laughs> and I would tell people, I would brag about my 400s <laughs> anyway. Um, and so, and, and that was one of the things my, my wife was like, Oh, this is cool. My butt's getting bigger too. This is cool. I'm putting on uh, muscle quickly. Is your butt your posterior chain? Your glutes, part of it? Part of it, yeah. So uh, so I, we, went to, we went to a uh, REI. I know most of you have heard this story, but I got to tell it again because it's so apropos at this point in our – journey of the seven podcast and she was trying on pants and i i love going clothes shopping with my wife i haven't done it in i don't know 10 years but i used to love going i would go like every couple months with her and we were at and i just loved like anywhere we went i just liked sitting there and just having her try on clothes and like yeah that's dope no that no yeah and um I, and my wife didn't like it which was funny because she just she just wasn't she didn't you know I, some people are like that i i'm kind of like that too you don't want to go in the dressing room it just seems it's just so tedious you're in a tight spot and you're changing clothes yeah but she would do it and um she put on these pants and she came out and the rei employee there and uh they said um i said oh your butt looks small in the in those pants and the rei employee goes oh yeah your butt looks good in those <laughs> and then my wife looks, she goes, no, no, I don't want my butt to look small. And at that point I was like, oh, that, that was cool. You know what I mean? Like they don't get it. And then the other time was I was at, um, Tony Budding's wedding and it was a, it was a sleepover wedding. I think in Guerneville, it was a two day sleepover in Guerneville, California on the river. Sleepover. Yeah. It was basically, they had these, they had these, basically these huts and you could sleep in them. I had a motor home oh, at the time. Damn. So there were like 300 people there who stayed overnight. Um, you know who was there was at the time was the CEO of uh, Disney, Michael Eisner, and Greg. Him and Greg Bob, sat. Bob Eisner was it Bob Eisner? Whoever the CEO of Disney was, and he was sitting right next to. Actually, maybe he had just stepped down. Maybe he had just anyway. He was sitting next to Greg, and it was a trip. I kept waiting to to eavesdrop on one of their conversations, but I, <laughs> I never heard it. I wasn't really close with Greg at that point. Anyway, so. Um, there was there was volleyball there one afternoon, and that was where I saw Nicole Carroll split her pants and her shirt. Oh yeah, I told that story. That's a great story. Yeah, that was that was Michael Eisner. Okay, soccer mom. Okay, good. yeah, soccer mom's got it. I'm wrong. Okay, and so, um, we're there. Everyone's playing soccer, and my wife's sitting on my lap, and I go, "Man, your butt's getting big." 
And next to me was a very, in our community, very famous female uh, seminar staff member. And um, she, she, and I, she was just sitting there and about three minutes after I said it, you, you could tell it had pissed her off. She's like, do you think that that's okay to talk about women like that? And she fucking flipped out. She was ahead of her time. And my wife, who is very, very uh, shy is not the word. What is the word? She's low key as a mofo. My wife is chill. She is so chill. Yeah. And my wife turns to her after she waits till the lady's done, just going off on me and goes, actually, and, and says to this flow master, I'm, I'm trying to make my butt big. I, I, I want it to be significantly like I'm, I'm working on, you know, you know, the same way, like someone might be working on like their quads or their biceps or their traps. She's like, I, I'm actually, I want that. And I just remembered, I, I was, it was just fascinating to me. The, in, in that, that's kind of part of that. She wanted by say that lady was defend, offended by it. And so she was demanding that my wife be offended by it. When for my wife, it was a compliment. I thought about this. I mean, obviously, that's what we see going on everywhere in this world. It's um, it's weird. It's it's like that that video that Hiller made about Tia Toomey yesterday. Like if he made that video about me, I would be so flattered. <laughs> I would think it was so funny. I would po- repost that shit. That shit is so funny. And I and I don't know if she's gonna see it or well, I think she's gonna see it. But and maybe she wants to distance herself from him anyway because of the the a- other accusations he's made. But yeah, it's just interesting how people take things. And my son was at the park yesterday, and he came home and he goes, "There was a kid there being mean to me." And I go, "What do you mean?" And he told me, and "I go why?" And he goes, "He said my shoes were untied, and I looked down and they weren't untied." And he started laughing. Trickster. And I'm like. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it means to be a six-year-old. Like, if Sousa did that to me, I would be like, huh. But but when you're six, that shit offends you. When you have the emotional development of a six-year-old, those are the kind of things that offend you. People don't grow out of that. Don't don't have the emotional development of a six-year-old. It's it's a it's it's such a hard life for them compared to us. You don't, you don't have to be, it's, it's funny. It's, I mean, it's, it's like, ah, I got you, your shoes. You don't, you know, my kid's shoes were probably Velcro now that I think about it. So you don't, you don't have to act like a six-year-old. You can just be like, yo, that dude flipped me off. Yo, what's up, dude? You don't have to, you can have the emotional development of whatever age you really are. Like if you're. I mean, you could choose your reaction. Yeah, that. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, you could choose your, um. Yeah, she's stoic. Yeah, my wife is pretty stoic, but but she's also she's funny. She's 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 um she's she she'll let it hang. Uh, oh, we got we're, we're we we were on the point. We're doing the point. Sixty nine oh, mega. Wow. Oh, I don't even think that's a good name. I don't want to go to a site that's sixty nine. Wait, why can I? Oh, there's a the little thingies. Why were they wearing shoes? That's a great question. You know what it was is they took all the sand out of this park and they put in tan bark. They took all the sand out of this kid's play area and they put in tan bark. It's supposed to be safer or something? I don't know. 
And then they spread the sand all over the grass at the park and killed the grass. Remember when they put the sand in the skate park down south? Yes. To stop people during the um, so-called pandemic, yeah. Can't skateboard. That's crazy. Uh, uh, he was he was nice though, uh, Spiegel. I, I think Hiller was pretty nice. I mean, he he it was poignant, but I don't think um, I don't think it, he was mean. I I didn't watch the fights last. I, I did watch the fights last night, but I watched them after they had already been shown. I did watch Jack. Uh, the only fight I watched live, and I watched it from my phone because I was at one of my kids' birthday party at the park. I did watch the Jack uh, De La uh, Magdalena fight. I did try to get him on before the fight. He might be getting too big time. I think he'll come on after. Yeah. He murdered that dude. Man, he murdered that dude. Anyway, so there that's the deal, man. Like we're 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 we are surrounded by drug addicts. It's a it's a it's a massive we're we're uh, that's that's where we're at. We're just five hundred and seventy six billion. Spend twice the amount amount of we'd spend twice the amount of money on drugs. Than the entire GDP of Finland. That's where, Miko, <laughs> that's where Miko's from. That's nuts. 6.6 6 million people have died from COVID. That's 0.08% of the population. 0.08% of the global population. The average age of death, 83 years old. 21 million people have either been injured or killed from the vaccine under the age of 50. According to VARES. 21 million? 21 million. Now think about that for a second. VARES is probably underreported by, by uh, 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 times 10. So it could be as high as 210 million, which sounds like a much more plausible number to me. There's 3.5 times the amount of injuries and death from the vaccine than there are deaths from COVID when the average age is 83. Process that shit. That's crazy. Wow. Nuts. And on that note, hi, Corey. What's up, brother? <laughs> How are you? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. What I jump into? <laughs> just a note. giant love fest. We were just just loving on each other. Casual each other How great Caleb is and how great Suze is. And yeah, total. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We can't wait to get together and all pee in the same toilet and high five each other. <laughs> Cross streams. Cross streams, all that fun stuff. All that yeah. stuff Caleb has to do every day where he where he works. Yeah, can't, can't wait, wait to show show us these social experiments uh, that they do over there. Wasn't, the wasn't wasn't Dan talking yesterday about the the poop trough? Oh yeah, Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah, Dale, yeah, yeah. yeah. Poop, the trough. poop trough. Gosh, Chris. Here at this camp, you will crash a helicopter and you will shit in a bucket next to another man <laughs> and touch knees with him. That's life. That's adversity. Touch knees. Par for the course of the military. What's greater, those are his two stories from that. Like, <laughs> those are the side by side stories from that camp. Or the things that you remember in detail. Uh, Corey, you are uh, you're a professor? Yeah. I know uh, I don't look like one, but I am. Uh, and, and I know you, you look like, uh, like you're a boy band. Uh, maybe you're just, just aged out from being a boy band. You look like a 19 year old, mm -hmm. like they're looking for a replacement for you. You've crossed over the threshold. Um, what <laughs> I, what I university? Don't get the narrative. Uh, East, East Carolina University. So it's in, in uh, North Carolina. I'm about two hours away, I think, from Sea Beaver. Oh. Uh, yeah. And how long have you been teaching there? Uh, seven years. So I'm, 
I don't know how much of a background you need me to give, but I'm what's a non-traditional student. So I came, uh, I didn't start my real grad or my real education until about 25, um, graduated with my master's. And then I started teaching immediately after I was unemployed for about a year. They, they called me back and I started teaching entrepreneurship. Oh, wow. That's cool. What, what does that mean? Um, non, I, I don't understand non-traditional. Why isn't that traditional what you did? So a traditional student graduates high school and then immediately gets put into some college for the next, you know, three, four or five years. And um, seven, had, seven for me, by the way, but go on. Yeah, you, you do you. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I didn't know what college was. And so my, you know, my mom paid for one class at a time. Um, obviously I followed a girl to go to college, Smart. got kicked Smart. out. Um, then I dropped out and then at about 25, I realized that I didn't want to work for the man and I needed to take life into my own hands and education just became the, I wanted to educate myself so I could kind of take advantage of my own opportunities and, um, school was just the route for me. And I love teaching. I love talking and presenting in front of people. And so I just found my niche. Um, I've got, I got a bunch of different businesses, but, um, this is just what I do from nine to five, essentially. And when you went to back to school, did you move back in with your parents at 25? Um, for about six months. No, at 18, I I moved out. My mom and dad live in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I did not want to deal with I-95 traffic. And so I lived with them for that for about six months. And I said, screw this, and came back to North Carolina, um, got my own place. And when I came back to start my education. I did. I lived with my father-in-law for about six months until I could buy my own place. Um, and at 18, I became an entrepreneur and started rental property. And, oh, so, wow. and so, yeah, I did live with him for a little while, but essentially I've been kind of on my own. Look, as soon as you said you started a business with rental property, Susan's like, yeah. Did you see the podcast we did with Tommy G? I'm actually watching that one right now. Yeah, because I, I I think a couple podcasts ago you were talking about um he does he does the videos for Kensington in yeah. Philly and like I go down spirals on YouTube. They keep sending me those on YouTube for some reason. Yeah. And, and so um I didn't know that he does those type of videos. So I, I backtracked and I'm actually about 30 minutes into the one with Tommy G. So at the end we get into he has a um him and one of the guys at, from his jiu-jitsu gym have like, I, I want to say like 23 rental properties in Milwaukee. Yeah. And I and I still text with them. And he was talking to me about the 2% rule. And I had heard about the 1% rule and I thought it was bullshit. And he does the 2% rule, meaning you buy a place for uh, $100,000 only if it can get $2,000 a month rent. Yeah. And they got 23 properties like that. I'm like, kid, you are killing it. You're a beast. Yeah, I, I I don't have that many yet. I'm actually getting my real estate license um, in a couple months because I've got one foot out the door from teaching. I want to start my own thing, you know, build build my own property management company. But uh, we just got into Airbnbs, and uh, that's kind of like the four percent rule. Wow, we're making, we're making a whole bunch of money with Airbnbs. Wow, you'll be hearing from Susa. <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah, um, but, go on. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I do have a a very non-traditional path to to where I am right now. You know, drugs, alcohol, partying, getting kicked out, just learning lessons the freaking hard way all along. And that's also why I like uh, teaching, you know, 
showing them that you can make all these mistakes, but you can still be super and uber successful and have multiple businesses and define your own path of success. And then you just basically, basically it's a, it's a reallocation of energy, right? Yeah. The energy you put into, into, into drinking and drugs and partying or whatever you re you find, you're like, ah, somehow something clicks and you don't, um, you don't see the, the, the long game for that's not as good as, uh, entrepreneurship yeah i mean i if, if you were to see me i actually had a friend uh from high school pass away a little while ago and if they were to see me now a complete 180 degree of the person that i was in high school it's just none of those things add value um i, I messaged you or dm'd you one time and i was telling you for about two years now i've been sober i don't drink i don't do drugs i just am constant, constantly looking for things that I need to remove out of my life that just don't add value. That is the secret to remove shit. So many people want to add shit. The secret is to remove shit. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. DJ Reed. Good morning, Bruce Wayne. Uh, did, were were you, you weren't in the military, were you? My dad was in the military for 30 years. Oh, so that's why, uh, we felt inclined and I'm always looking for ways to support um, and so, you know, we put together a package for Sea Beaver, and then my parents obviously put together. Oh, you know, that was you. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. Thank you very much. It's, it's gone a long way. Everybody's just, yeah. you, everything, all those protein chips were eaten within a week. <laughs> I, I figured, I figured, I'll, I'll try to do something again next semester. All good. Oh, I'm feeling man. You've done enough already. Thank you very much. Yeah. God, I hope, I hope Caleb's not there next semester. Yeah. He's, done, he's done his time in the equity experiment okay so 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 you go to the school and, uh, and is the school you're going to now the school you teach at now is that where you attended is that where you were a student yeah i i didn't know of any other colleges you know right. i didn't know any others were out there my father-in-law actually teaches at the same college that i um, teach at now and so, you know, him being a very smart individual, he was like, why don't you come apply at uh, at ECU and see if you can get in? And so they take the lowest and I got accepted to <laughs> to ECU. Um, but again, I got kicked out. Then I dropped out. But eventually after I got my my master's and completed my degree, um, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew small business something. Um, I had worked at Lowe's for 13 years, putting my way through school and I actually had an internship. For the a hardware company. store, the, the 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 it's like Home Depot. That Lowe's. Yes. What did you do there? Everything. I, yeah. I started. Yeah. Um, I started Nighttime doing, stocking, cash register, I've all of it. it. All yeah. I I started with a pine straw and outside lawn and garden, and after the ninety. That's the best apartment period, anyway. That the outside oh, yeah. the nursery is the only good part of. Well, I shouldn't say it. those stores are so fun. After ninety days, um, they let everybody go but me. And, um, I immediately got brought into that. Is that because you worked your ass off and never said yeah. no? Yeah. Yeah. I just, it, yeah. I, Wait, we got, right we got a shift to fill. Can you fill it? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes. Yeah. But I had nothing. I had like, I think you talked about it before. Just what else am I going to do with this energy? Yeah. Um, and I had just, I had just graduated high school early. I tell this story to my students all the time. I graduated high school early, um, came to the realization that holy shit, I'm 17, about to be 18. I guess I need a job, but I can't pass a drug test. Oh. So I locked myself. Um, at that time, I was dabbling in a bunch of different drugs. 
And so I had this, the, enough self-awareness to lock myself in my bedroom, told my parents, don't let me out because I'm a danger to myself. And after two weeks, I walked into Lowe's, passed a drug test, and they called me that day for a job. And so, of course, I'm freaking out, hoping that I actually passed this drug test. And thankfully, I did. And it was it was almost like somebody believed in me. And I'm going to work my ass off for this company. Like I walked around and I would scrape gum off the floors. I would look for light bulbs that were out. You know, I would run to customers, see if they needed help. Um, whereas sometimes people run the opposite way. way yeah, employed. for sure. For that sure. That drives me crazy. Hey, two weeks in the bedroom, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I was. And, and after I got the job two weeks later, one of my best friends died from a drug overdose. And so it was like a whole, like within four weeks, passed a drug test, got a job, boom. And then a guy who was doing the same exact things that I were doing, I think, I think he died from a methadone, um, overdose. If I'm not methadone is the drug that's supposed to get you off heroin, right? That's the drug that's supposed to save you. It was combined with something else. And the story was he was already on stuff and somebody dropped off a pill and that kind of sent him over the edge and, uh, never came back. Dude, do you know how many people will never experience what you did locking yourself in a room for two weeks? And it's not, I mean, it it shouldn't be a big deal. Australia. (laughs) 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 All right. All right. Before the pandemic, when people were locked in hotel rooms, I mean, it's uh, good on you. And then, and then you, your, your father-in-law must be so stoked because I'm assuming you met your wife when you were a mess. Uh, Just after. Yeah. I was 19. She was 16. Um, I had just gotten my life in order and I impressed her with my car at that time. And um, yeah. Are you still just, married? Yeah. We've been together for 17 going on 18 years. Holy shit. Congratulations, awesome. dude. That is so yeah. good. What, what was the car? A Honda Civic Si. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> is that what you have, Sousa? Yeah, not an SI, but Honda Civic, Ford Honda Civic. Property, Honda Civics. Oh, seven, baby. That's right. Oh, yeah. So then you, uh, so so then, so you you go to school and you get out, and then how do you get the job at the university? So it's all about who you know. Yeah. Um, You know, and I was at that point, I was 25, surrounded by a bunch of 21. 20 19 year old so in my eyes they they had no idea what they were they were missing you know you're you're paying for college and you want to skip class and not show up and i had a brand new outlook um i was taking full advantage when i came back at 25 i never missed a day of class um all the way through my mba program and um, i signed up for stuff i did internships i got on boards within the university uh and when i when i graduated i applied for about 80 jobs and only one place called me back. And it was a collections agency. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm That's the same size as, <laughs> yeah. And I'm the same size as Sebi. So it, it's not going to make sense. Me knocking on people's doors, asking for money. There's and a so, huge guy in the car. Don't fuck with me. Don't make yeah. me go get Caleb. <laughs> it, it, He's the driver. <laughs> and, and I was, at this point, 28. So a, a part of me was like, at 28, I don't want to ride around knocking on people's doors. And so I sat unemployed for you know six to eight months. And I got a phone call from somebody I did an internship with. Um, not from me putting in an application, 
But from the opportunity, I did an internship. They gave me a call and said, I heard you were unemployed. Would you like to come work for us? I was like, hell yeah. I'm You're like, fuck like, you, oh. bitch. I'm at, I'm at Goldman Sachs. But what you got? <laughs> yeah. And so I did that for four months. And shit you not, in four months, they downsized. And I was going to be let go. Uh, and so uh, word on the street got around. And the dean from the college at that point um, called me, heard what was going on because it was still in the university system and said, hey, look, we're starting up something with entrepreneurship. We'd love for you to build it for us. Uh, if you're interested, put in an application. And I said, hell yeah, I'm interested. I'm about to be wow. out of another job. But it was kind of weird because it- Was that scary? Were you like, shit, what do I know about entrepreneurship? It was until- when I filled out the application, my father-in-law was helping me. And I was like, how, how do I qualify to teach and do entrepreneurship? And he said, you know, you've had a rental property since you've been 18 years old. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so like with, with that eye-opening experience, I try to give that to the students as well. It's like maybe you're doing something now and you don't realize yeah, you're dude. in the middle of being entrepreneurial. You know, and so just having a different lens, having a different outlook and, you know, all the failure stories, um, sharing all of that stuff with them and showing them there's a way you can still be successful. And, and the map of what looks successful is entirely different for you than for somebody else. You know, like Clyde's Media is doing something similar to you are, and I'm sure he's living a fantastic life and he's super happy, but he may not have the same exact views. It gives a shit. You're still successful. Right. So. I, um, it took me literally two years after being fired from CrossFit Inc. to realize, holy shit, I'm the greatest chief marketing officer the planet has ever fucking seen. <laughs> two fucking years. I'm like, that thing was fucking built on fucking so much of my fucking vision and so much of my fucking hard work and so much of my leadership, I couldn't even fuck. And when I realized that I was like, holy shit. And Sousa, I think had actually tried to tell me many times. And I think other people had tried to tell me, but I just, I just didn't see myself like that. I just saw myself as a dude who works, just has my head down and working. Right. Yeah. It's crazy when you realize you're like, oh shit, I've been doing this. I, I did, did a, this. I did a podcast uh, quickly, like 15, 20 minutes with uh, Rob Deerdeck. Um, he had me on. I don't think he advertises it, but wow, um, that that was one of the things that got me in trouble. How did you meet him? How did you meet him? Shot my shot. Wow. Um, he he's he started um, his mindset thing. I don't know if you're following along, but he's no. Like, He's, I think there at one point about a year or two ago, he was trying to launch 40 businesses in the next year or something crazy. Oh, I think I did oh, see something so. like that. Yeah. And um, I think he shifted from that. And now he's just trying to, you know, partner or collaborate with businesses and get them to the next step and bring them into his portfolio. Yeah. And he, he sent out an email and said, if you'd like to join the podcast and I'm trying to help out entrepreneurs. And so I, I sent a link and they responded back like the next day and said, would you like to come speak to Rob Deerdeck? And I was like, Sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I, I see it. Um, I see the episode you're on. Where um, is it on YouTube? I just see the. Yeah, it is. Wow, and, dude, you're a beast. But I, but I, I talked to him, and going back to what you were saying was that was one of the things that I find I still find myself in, is um, 
constantly doing something, like trying to figure out like a, a lane that I need to be in. And when I interviewed with him, you know, I was telling him like, I want to start this podcast. I want to start more properties. I want to do a property management company. I've got, we have a nonprofit where we rescue um, hound dogs. We have, we have 21 dogs. Um, oh, wow. He, he asked like, me, he was like, like Basset hounds or all the hounds? Any hound. Yeah. Any hound. Wow. Any hound. Um, dogs. But he asked me, like, what are you doing? Like you have 50 different things going on. Yeah, that's it. You have 50 different things going on. You need to pick one. Like you need to be able to specialize in one. And with that specialization in one thing, it's going to allow you or give you the freedom to leverage these other things in your life, except for doing 90% of 50 different things. So that was kind of an eye-opening experience. I stepped down from a lot of things. I cut a bunch of stuff out of my life. Um, but yeah, we stay, I stay pretty busy. Yeah, getting rid of shit's huge. Yeah. Getting rid of shit's huge. Oh, I see episode 40. Damn it. It's epi- For those of you who want to listen to the episode with uh, Corey, it's episode 39. Uh, Rob Deerdeck, D-Y-R-D-E-K, apostrophe S. Rob Deerdeck's, and then it's, it's something like that. Crazy. Yeah, there I am. And then so you got this job at the wow. university, um, uh, help building the uh, entrepreneur um program and then and now you teach there and then this is where our paths cross you said that to tell me tell me why um you're on here <laughs> so every semester Besides to hear about your honda civic <laughs> yeah every semester we partner with uh, businesses in the community and basically give them free labor you know so whether it's uh, business planning marketing help um strategic advice for moving forward, um, secession plans, if they're going to try to give their business to someone in the family. Um, and I, I've done it every semester for the last seven years. And uh, we're starting at the point, new semester is coming up in January. I think I told you January 14th would be the deadline. And I thought I'd like for businesses who are listening in the community, maybe it's a way that they can get some, some so free Gabe, labor. Let's say Gabe at Paper Street was interested or California hormones was interested. What would they do? They would reach out to you. Yeah. They could reach and, out. And to I, if I was them, I'd be like, I don't want to know some little kids fucking up my business. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that completely. Uh-huh. Uh, primarily the, the classes that I teach. So I teach uh, intro level for freshmen up to senior. Um, anybody who's curious about entrepreneurship, learning the mindset, I teach that. And then this class that I would be working with, the businesses are all senior level students. So they're getting ready to actually go out there in the real world. Hopefully they've got a little bit of experience already by doing internships. But if not, this gives them real tangible hands-on experience by collaborating with real businesses, with real problems, um, a lot of high stakes on the line. I don't do it in the entire class. I pick one team in each class. So I, I bring the heavy hitters um, I pair one team specifically who I know have already been through the program. They have what it takes. And so I pick the top students in that class to partner and collaborate with these businesses. Could could this podcast apply? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, and how do people get in contact with you? How do you apply? To, how do you enter your business into the... Uh, well, I put my... Cause I guess I was supposed to, but I put my Instagram down there. So if they want to reach out, um, they can connect with me on there, but obviously I have a legitimate ECU email address. Um, we can get you connected in there. And then once the semester starts, 
my GA and I will collaborate with the, the owners. And then once the team is actually formulated, the team and the business owner would be working together collaboratively. And, and usually on average, when you finish up the semester, depending on what you need, there's a 40 to 50 to 60 page document that you can now carry along with you, whether it's marketing advice, a business plan. I've had my businesses go through it. Um, so it, it just depends and varies. Sevon is all about free labor. And maybe I need to hear from people who aren't, uh, you know, the, the younger, the people, the better. Uh, for those of you who are listening, it's at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y-P-U-L-I-D-O. Corey Pulido, just like it sounds. Am I pronouncing your last name right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what, what a, fa- what a fantastic, uh, program. Uh, maybe, uh, if someone in the community does, um, Corey, I'll be in touch. Oh shit. That didn't take long. <laughs> okay, brother. Well, thank you. Uh, please, uh, stay in touch. Um, I'm, this, this could be a fun story just to follow, have some of the mm-hmm. students on and, 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 and follow along. I, I love narratives and this sounds like it could be a cool ass narrative. Absolutely. I will. Hey, thanks for, thanks for being, uh, adding value to planet earth, dude. You're doing it. Yeah. Thanks for, That's, thanks for interviewing me. I didn't yeah. expect, uh, yeah, I never expected either. I'm like, Oh shit, where am I going? I don't know <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Uh, take care. Be in touch. Thank you for always being a great supporter of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Corey. Thank you. Thank you. All right, brother. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. He sent me some coffee a while back. That could be a whole show. Oh, yeah. He sent us some coffee, too. Yeah. That's a good, dude. And also, too, if you're not willing to scrape gum or clean bathrooms, entrepreneurship is not for you. Oh, right. Right. You got to do it all. Hey, if you're not willing to scrape gum off the floor, uh, life isn't for you. Yeah. That that reminds me of like a – one um uh, uh one of my wife's friends and she was like oh i'm working at this small boutique like she wanted to own her own boutique and she was like and she's making me sweep the front the front patio and put away the chairs i went to college and i'm like so the fuck what get out there and sweep the patio and put away chairs that's <laughs> where it starts if you think you're above that that's job, amazing isn't it yeah like what do you what do you think you're gonna be doing what if you found out that having a clean bathroom was the key to the success of your coffee shop. But you, mm. but but when you opened the coffee shop, you were disgusted by that and you weren't willing to clean the bathrooms. It, people are nuts, man. Yeah. People are, tr- are truly nuts. It's like entitlement. A lot of people think it's going to be different than what it is. And I just actually spoke with uh, somebody who's considering like purchasing an existing affiliate. First thing I said too is you're not, if you're not willing to dedicate 24 months to doing everything and working potentially every single shift, then it's not for you because there will be a grind period and it's roughly between two to three years. In some cases, five where you just have to do everything. And if you're not willing to buckle down and just commit to it and do it, you won't like owning your own business isn't for you. Yeah. The, uh, Hey, it's Christmas or it's my birthday. That shit don't fly. No, it don't matter. Yeah. You got to show. Uh, no one takes the trash out, uh, for me. I went to college too, damn it. <laughs> Chase Bryan, wear all the hats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number, uh, on that note, let's go to number 247. I saw this. Uh, this guy was a guest on the podcast. It's CrossFit uh, TYL. And I just thought this was an interesting 
post he made. Uh, it's a post of a picture of a shitload of kids. And then the next post is a shitload of family families together. And I just want to read this to you. Um, did you know that over one third of our members come in with at least one family member? Spouses, siblings, parent, child, grandparent, children. We have them all. Having that intentional hour together multiple times a week, not in front of a screen, but pushing each other and celebrating reaching goals, not only strengthens health, but relationships. Hey, that's no joke, dude. Every single business, the first thing they'll tell you is when they open a CrossFit gym in their business is they can't believe how it's changed the relationships between all the employees. They cannot believe it. For the next 30 days, not only will you receive half off on fundamental classes, uh, how we get you ready with beginner-friendly workouts and teaching basic lift movements. You will each receive a $100 gift card when you sign up for a three-month membership with a family member or friend. I thought this guy was going out of business. After we had him on, I spoke to him, and I thought he got evicted from that spot. Yeah, I thought that's what – there's obviously more to the story. When 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 they fired me at CrossFit, uh, th- I, those I, I, mean, I wouldn't say it was the hardest two weeks I've ever worked at CrossFit because I always worked hard, but I, they gave me two week notice and I still just grinded. Mm. Were you right. nervous before you got fired? Like when you started to see all the changes happen, did you like feel something was? Oh, happen, dude, I, dude, I asked here? them. Every, I asked them. Imagine this. Imagine being the executive director. Well, first of all, it was two years of just disaster prior to being sold mm-hmm. because of just the mass firings and just there was so much idiocy being done. I mean, we shut down Facebook and Instagram with no with no, <laughs> yeah, no other ability to communicate. Then they fired the entire media team. It was it was it was the yeah, idiot man. factory. It was so bad. And then we and not only that we we did made too many changes too fast. Then we pivoted to um, showing you know Rich Froning doing heavy grace on the front end to a guy picking up water bottles just overnight. I mean there was there was no pace there was no pacing there was no sequencing. Yeah, yeah yeah, sequencing. Thank you. You taught Mm -hmm. me that, and it was so bad. But I was the most senior member there by far on the media team when they came in. I knew, I knew more about the business than, than anyone who, who probably worked there, anyone who probably worked there, probably more than Dave and Nicole, just because of my proximity to Greg. And they never, in all these meetings I would be in, I would just, I was just completely ignored, which was okay. But that's what that started. So I started calling, uh, that was Andrew Weinstein at the time, the guy who was kind of holding these meetings and he would let people talk who, and, 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 and say shit that in other meetings I'd never heard talk in like years and started empowering people that I, I'm like, this person has no credentials. And then I started seeing it go downhill quickly and the conversations were all fluff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we would be in two hour meetings and nothing would be done where I would hold meetings that were 15 minutes long. We would accomplish thousands of times more. Yeah. I hate the And, and so, um, I, I would ask him and David Woods, the guy who helped negotiate the sale with CrossFit. Um, I would ask them probably weekly, am I going to get fired? And they kept reassuring me. No. Yeah, of course. No, like, well, I'm, no. This, I'm this powerhouse. I can do anything. I can take the trash out better than anyone. And I can run this department better than anyone. I I'll do either. Tell me what I what you want me to do. And I couldn't get any response. So I just started working my ass off doing what I thought should be done, which is creating content. And still to this day, I don't think that there's any um there's there's no chain of command. There's no organization. I don't I don't think. I suspect there's none of that going on at uh CrossFit Inc. or else we well, would see just tons of content coming. Yeah, out. they're still trying to like find their own identity and game plan. There's it's like if you're just kind of like 
floundering out there. There's no way that there's ex- exact, you know, uh, milestones or things that the company's going after internally either. Sevon, stop crying. You stop crying, Magnus. You stop. Uh, uh, Sevon's camera angle looking funky. I just got it over my, I just put a camera over my monitor. Does it look funky? Like, what do you mean? No, it looks good now. The first one was a little tight. Now you're good. All right. He's just not used to it. He'll get used to Sevon, it. Sevon, probably because you t- were too expensive. No. Uh, no. But I appreciate that. I am too expensive. Hey, does Weinstein even work for the company anymore? Do you have disdain for Eric Rose? If you saw him on the street, how would you react? Oh, I've seen him on the street. I've seen him on the street. <laughs> what What's disdain mean? Like, do I hate him? Yeah. I mean. Like harbor feelings towards him? No. I don't, I don't even think he was in charge. I don't, I don't, I don't harbor feel, feelings towards him. Um, but I have opinions on his character and his leadership ability and shit. The feeling that someone in something is unworthy of one's consideration. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just, yeah, sorry. You're right. I do have disdain for him. (laughs) (laughs) Disdain is the feeling that someone or something is unworthy of one's consideration for, I have zero respect for him. I don't really play the respect game. I don't really disrespect people or respect people. I don't actually kind of see the world like that. Um, It's not a metric. I, 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 because I, I got so far in this, on planet earth by people disrespecting me or, or what other people would consider disrespecting me. And I fucking just plowed through it. So I see sort of as disrespect as an avenue of getting everything I want. So I don't, um, but I worked with a lot of military guys where that shit is really important to them. And it, in the end it becomes their Achilles uh, heel, Achilles heel, mm-hmm. Achilles tendon, Achilles it becomes yeah. their Achilles. <laughs> It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a, a scary. Um, I think it's a scary metric to to work with to demand from other people because you have no control over it. Yeah, that's what I say. It's yeah, you have no control. And so, disrespect to me. Don't yeah, you, you're so you're so vulnerable. Yeah, you're you're so vulnerable. How many think people think you got shot over disrespect? One just now, probably somewhere. As we said, yeah, it's like crazy. Hey, does Weinstein still work for CrossFit? I haven't really heard much about that guy or from him or the story I heard was this and this, and I don't know if this is true, but this is the story I heard. And this is a, he, he comes from a lobbying background and this is basically how all of big pharma works. The FDA works is all these people work. I heard that he brought in a lobbying PR firm for CrossFit Inc. Mm -hmm. Had CrossFit Inc. sign a big fat contract with them. And now he works over there. Ah, okay. <laughs> and CrossFit still has the contract with. I know it's crazy. It's so weird. It, 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 CrossFit is so authentic and real. The fact that it, as soon as I heard it needed a PR firm, I was just tripping. I was like, God, like it's, it's so it's so weird. It's 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 the it's the opposite of all the business lessons that Greg taught us. Hey, do you think people inside CrossFit know that just by simply existing in the fitness and like health space that they are controversial by nature? Just like based off the methodology and the in the in the you know product that it sells, it's it's controversial. It's swimming upstream. Much I like don't know. Are. What do you think? I don't know. I don't think they are because I just think that they're they want to play this dance of like, well, we want to be you know PC and and liked by everybody, but at the same time, like by nature of what CrossFit is, like you're you're not. 
Yeah, you know? it's hard for me. It's it, it's it's hard for me to even even um, understand that because it's it's just seems so normal to us. Yeah, eat right, stay healthy. Realize. But you're right. I mean, Greg used to always say this: "Hey, don't forget, there's this pile of money that pharma takes from, and we yep. take from that same pile." Yeah. So they don't want us there. Like, don't forget, we're like dogs eating from the same trough. Well, and you, no one wants us at the. T- no one wants us eating. Yeah, if you think about it, if, if CrossFit really like pushed pushed its methodology at like out of a loudspeaker like we always suggest it's gonna take a percentage of that 576 billion dollars and there's a lot of people pharma's methodology what is their life i wonder what their what their lifestyle prescription is take two and call me in the morning uh what do you think about going back to that post what do you think about um um, having your um, members bring in family members i love it it's a like if somebody when I have a member that shows up and they're, let's say they're new to CrossFit and they, they first start doing it, they get so much value out of it that they're like, holy crap, I want to bring my kids here. I want to bring my parents here. Like I take that as like the biggest compliment you could receive because they're saying that they're getting so much value out of it that they want to share it to the, the person closest next to them. Like, you know, that's also going to receive some sort of value or lifestyle change that is going to make them happier. Uh, Ma- Magnus Holmgren, uh, think about it. If you still work there, would you not? You would not have time for kids. Oh, homeboy, you, you, I, I don't. I, I think you mistook it as I was crying. That being said, some people <laughs> thought that I was that I was crying because of the Hiller video about being homeless. Don't don't get it twisted, dude. My homeless years were the greatest years in my life. You, not, the vast majority of people will never experience the freedom I experienced day in and day out. It was fucking crazy. I had figured I had figured so much shit out. I lived on a fucking cloud. I'd figured out how to let the world take care of me. It was two years of f- absolute bliss. Unfortunately, the rest of the homeless people aren't homeless. They're drug addicts. But uh, the, the community in Isla Vista, California, when I was there, I, I, had, I had cracked the code on so much shit. Never ask anyone for anything. I had the craziest support group. I, I just stayed in this in this really tight loop of practices, drinking coffee every morning, taught myself how to draw, uh, then play Frisbee, maybe slip into the rec center and get a workout in. And everywhere there were people who wanted to be a part of what I was doing, young college kids. I, by young, I mean I was probably like 25 and they were 20, so I seemed like an old man. I had the most crazy – every fucking day someone was asking me, can you stay at my house tonight? Can you stay at my house? There would be these huge, massive parties I would be at. Like It seemed like five days a week, and I would just be on the floor drawing until 2 in the morning until only the people left were like the meth heads or the people trying to get laid. And I would just talk to them all night and then, <laughs> and then start my day over again. And when they all went to sleep, I cleaned their dishes and all that shit. I had the coolest fucking great Dane that went everywhere with me that everyone in the town knew. I couldn't go into any restaurant without anyone being like, oh, it's on pizzas on me. I was just I – was, I was like a king. Without a wallet. It was absolutely nuts. And granted, it was in Isla Vista, California. You know, average temperature, it's always 70 degrees. Yeah, it's nice there. There's an abundance of just every dumpster's full of shit. But like, you'd be surprised some college kid needs a lamp and I have a lamp. I know where there's a lamp I just saw in a dumpster somewhere and I bring it over to his house. Next thing you know, his girlfriend's trying to bang me instead of him. It was a wonderful (laughs) life, I'm telling you. You can't even, you can't even imagine you know what's crazy too is like with uh, you know being homeless in, a, in an iPhone, especially in a place like that. 
you could rewind. I didn't the have clock. a phone though. There were no cell phones then. But go no, ahead. I know, I know. But the point I'm making now is like you you could have a phone now, right? And like and live that lifestyle, and you would have more access than the richest person in the world, like fifty years. Oh ago. yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like crazy to think about. It's crazy. And then eventually, when I was there, for those of you who, um, who don't know the story, I ended up buying. I ended up getting a home at a, a, a home for development. This, I got a job at a home for developmentally disabled adults, and I could work endlessly because I didn't have a home. So I could work 50, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week. They had a night shift, so you could work twenty four hours. You could work for I, I worked forty eight hours before, and uh, I, I after like six months, I had saved like seven thousand dollars. I was making like. 675 or 725 an hour whatever minimum wage was back then and i bought a video camera from a place called circuit city and i started filming and within three years or four years i had the most popular uh, show in television history um in santa barbara our ratings were higher than like through public access were higher than the super bowl the academy awards all that shit it was fucking nuts and i'll never remember the chant it was a crazy wild show and the chancellor of the university said to me or said to the newspaper there because that was the largest party school in the nation. And the chancellor there, Henry Yang, was trying to change that image. Playboy had ranked at the number one party school in the nation. And it said in 30 minutes, this uh, IV TV has uh, unwound everything that took me four years to fix. <laughs> Meaning like he had gotten rid of that party school image. And through our TV show, we completely unraveled his shit. You know what's crazy too? You think that if you were, if you ever weren't homeless, like if that portion of your life ever, uh, you know, didn't take place for any reason, you think you would have even found film and all that? No. No. Because it's such a staple, right? And I wonder how much, like, if you, uh, I wonder if people. Just I needed need that, that time space. to. Yeah, I needed yeah, that yeah, time yeah. to learn the software too. So basically, I, I had, I just basically had that job, and then this little Toyota Chinook, and I needed that time to. I'm literally, it's no joke. It took me two weeks just to load the ten DVDs into this computer successfully. <laughs> Two weeks. Imagine, and I was in a sheer panic. I spent all seven thousand of my dollars it's on this piece work. of shit, and I think it's I'd borrowed work. like three thousand from one of my girlfriends at the time. Oh, it's Dude. fucking crazy! If you're an avid listener of this show and you have not spent the ninety minutes or whatever it is watching that our house on YouTube, please do so. You will not regret it. I've that was the first. That. Yeah, that was the first movie I ever made. Yeah, I watched that twice, and it's it's really good. There's some there's some great like it. it it's funny too. It's like true to who you are. There's some good like. It's it's at times it's really real and you're kind of watching what these people go through and you're like wow and then other times there's just this hilarious moments that you've cut in there so it's it's really it's chaos it's a, yeah it's a great balance you guys should check that out you won't I made disappointed. this home about developmentally disabled adults I worked at the place and uh, this isn't going to surprise you guys the state saw the movie because it went to thirty film festivals and won them all and the state saw the movie the state meaning the state of California that um. Uh, What is what is what there's a department there that takes care of uh, disabled people, um, you know, like there's child protective services, there's uh, yeah. CPS. I can't remember what it is, but the, the the head of that saw the movie. And they came to try to shut the house down. They said the movie was so inappropriate and a bad representation of disabled adults. Mm. And they tried to come and shut the house down. And the parents of those adults who live there came to my defense and were like whether it's positive or a negative representation doesn't mean anything. It's so truthful. This is exactly what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I, w I was pretty, uh, our house. Yep. Yeah. God, my first, is this still on YouTube? Yeah. Or yeah. I think that's, I think that's the only place it is. If you type it's in, on, if you type in our house and Seval Matosian, it'll pop up. 
You can't just put in our house. You got to throw his full name in there too. And it, it usually works. Yeah, it was good. I, I don't even know how it stumbled upon it popped up in my algorithm like years back. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out. Just kind of like tongue in cheek wanted to see it. And I was sucked into it. I was sitting there like like an hour later. I was like, yeah, I'm watching this whole entire thing right now. I'm not leaving the screen. I was at a film festival and I, and I was trying to get some guy to come see it. And I was handing out cards. And uh, I, um, I handed the card and he, uh, he looked at the description of the movie. He goes, I'd rather blow my brains out than see this. <laughs> He's missing out. He's missing out. Crazy. That's so funny. Movie is now canceled. <laughs> the movie's canceled. Okay. Uh, two. Uh, I think we can go through these fast now. <laughs> We're an hour and five minutes in. Sorry, I took you down a two uh, two forty eight pharma. I just love the old stories. Well, thank you. Uh, do you have a lot of? Do you think that that's? The, what do you think the statistic is at, at your gym? What percentage of your gym members also have family members there? it's pretty big yeah it is yeah and and if it's not a family member it's like a friend that you know shared it and brought brought another person in and stuff and you were what you said in the commercial is so true when you were like if there's a teacher because we have a couple teachers we have a couple nurses and they are they're the people that want to like excel they're look they're at like they're they're in the day-to-day grind but they also are able to like zoom out and see from the thirty thousand foot view so they're active in making things better at their school they're they're critically looking at why are we teaching these kids this and that? And why don't we have this in PE? And why are we talking about nutrition? And why do we serve these kids just this crap food? And how does that affect their mental state? And yeah, we're going to try to balance this out with drugs, but we've never addressed the nutrition in the schools. And so you really get those people that are like, you know, looking at it from all different angles and wanting some sort of progress there. And so you're absolutely true. If you got a teacher in your CrossFit gym, they're the, probably the best teacher at the school. I can't think of a single metric that would be more important to me right off the top of my head of something I'd want someone to do than being a CrossFitter. So, uh, okay, we have 100 candidates here to join the Air Force, but I can only ask you guys which one question. Which of you do, does CrossFit? Ten guys raise their hand. You ten in. The rest of you, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Uh, okay, I need to send my kid to a skateboarding instructor. Which one of you CrossFits? Oh, you? Okay, you're in. Uh, I need I need someone to uh, um, a, a doctor to uh, check out my eczema. Um, which one of you cross? I mean, it, it's just, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect by no means. But if I could only ask one question for any, I can't think of any. Uh, I'm looking for a plumber. Which one of you CrossFits? Okay, you. Yeah. The rest of you get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's it's just. Uh, oh, sorry, Kenneth. <laughs> the Air Force doesn't care about fitness. <laughs> But the, the PT but, test is but, but, but an honest, but an honesty. I, I like that. I'm glad you said that because it's not even the fitness component. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you're a fat CrossFitter. I don't care if like, you're not a good CrossFitter. It's the fact that you, that, that I know that you're spending an hour trying to make yourself better every day. Yeah. And I don't think most people, like, I just know that. I know that that that's a quality that you want in every position. Oh, this person is trying to work on themselves. Yeah. We have a member. I mean, look my- at Corey. He worked at Lowe's. And he's a and look at his description of working at Lowe's, mm-hmm. and he's also a, obviously he's obviously it's the guy who's not afraid. The truth is, is CrossFitters are probably looking for the hardest piece of gum to scrape off. Yeah, it's like a workout. You're turning it yeah. like for time. And they're in, like they're into metrics. He's got a little. He probably had a pad of paper. Seven hundred fifty-six piece of gum I've scraped <laughs> yeah. off in my two years here. I mean, we're fucking obsessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a I have a piece of paper on my desk of how many flies I've killed. <laughs> no shit no shit and what's the number when were you going to tell us this <laughs> serial killer status caleb serial killer status. 
Um, well, I wanted to build it up and I had like enough to like make it mean something, I guess. That's like, fair. So That's I think, fair. I think right now I'm at like 30 something. I've killed like 30 something flies. Oh, we need Either like with it. my hands or like with, we have like a little salt gun that we kill them with. You do have the salt gun. Yeah. Not the high powered one, but the, uh, other one like the cheap one yeah, hey yeah. you can't the even PC get the high powered one in california you know that <laughs> of course you seriously can. no you cannot because um a friend of mine was gonna buy it for me and he's like hey i can't I, i'm gonna have to send it to my house here in arizona and then and then when you come over you can get oh it. my gosh caller good morning good morning how are you guys doing today we're having fun just uh quick wanted a quick question i watched the broken science um seminar that glassman put out are you guys going to discuss that at any point on this podcast or channel? Uh, I, 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 he, Greg mm-hmm. called me a couple of days ago and said he's coming on very soon. Now he said that to me before, but he <laughs> has another serious. podcast he's about to do. And he said, I want to go on yours first. And I told him just so you guys know, I'm like, Hey, it doesn't like, I, I'm, I'm, it's nice of you, but do whatever you want. Like, I won't be a, a butthurt if you don't come on to mine. I will first. be, I will be butthurt. But he's I like, no, be. he said, I'll be butthurt. He said, I really want to come on first. So I'm like, okay, so he should be on any day. Uh, that's not true. Not any day. He should be on sometime in December. Um, so I'd like to wait until then, but do you have, is there, what, what are your thoughts on it? Do you want to talk about it? I, 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 I listened to it. I probably need to listen to it again. Um, I know he put out a couple videos. I, I think I have to listen to the first one, but I know a couple months ago or maybe last year you had talked about the idea of science and you have to, be able to replicate it and all those sort of things. And so I remember that listening to it. I was like, okay, you must've been hanging out with glass and, hearing him talk about it only every day only every day (laughs) only hours every day it it makes total sense and uh i'm just really excited because whether you like greg or don't like greg you have to appreciate um for what his contributions are Uh, i'm a huge like history person and um at the end of the day you don't have to agree with someone on every aspect to um to appreciate their contributions to society and then also it's ignorant when someone will talk down to Greg or about Greg and his, you know, whatever. Um, but then also use his methodology to make their life better or to make other, their communities better and things like that. So it's like, you're, you know, you're, you're stepping, I forget the phrase, but something about the ladder, you know, you're cutting down the branch that you're sitting on. Um, and so I think that I like that. that. I approve of that. Thank you. You're talking, you're talking my so, language. Good visual. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to, um, you know, call and see about that. Cause I know that that's something that's super fascinating and I'm just, curious i i I don't know if glassman will ever go on rogan but i think that would be that would be fascinating as well hey uh well i I don't know if it would be fascinating but i agree that it would be he he deserves that platform what's crazy is i challenge anyone to actually find anything he did it's always it's it's so if you i I was looking at the these comments of, of these videos that um uh scott Schweitzer from the clydesdale media made and andrew hiller and some of the videos we've put up and everyone who says something bad about me or says something bad about greg or says something bad about um just name whoever they never tell you what the they'll write out a paragraph about how i'm a misogynist homophobic transphobic they write out but i'm like hey can you just give me one example can you just like tell me like what I did th- so that so that so that you can be a little vulnerable and I can see your analysis of what you think my so that maybe I could change it 
can you can you not call me name? Can you be like, hey, Sevon, you're mean to ants? And I'd be like, well, what do you mean? Well, but it's, it's, it's where it's how you drive. You drive so close to the center line and ants live on the center line. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. OK, I'll avoid the center line. Why do they walk on the center line? Because it's yellow there and, it, and it's not as hot on the ground. So the ants and the insects live on the center line. And I'd be like, oh, shit. Thank you. Instead, it's just I'm a fucking insect killer nonstop. I just well, no, no, need I, a little fucking help or I, I, I or agree. you're a fucking complete idiot and you're projecting onto me something that's not true. I, I agree. And I, and I think, I think that idea I've been wrestling with how to like, how to say it lately, but I think, I think most people don't actually have ideas. They just have emotion. Mm. Um, oh, and, and I think that, I think when you are so emotionally, you know, like, I know whenever you talk about abortion, like, you know, most people, it's just an emotional issue. So once you can get past that emotion and actually like dive into the facts about certain things, but to get to that point, that's why protest social media, it's just all meant to inflame passions and emotions, not get to ideas. Um, so I think when you can actually separates the two parties too, dude, do you think that's what separates the two parties? And that's that the Republicans are like, but wait a second. It's actually not a clump of cells and at the 15th week mark and the and the and and it it's become so emotional for people on the left that they refuse to even acknowledge that they're like fuck you my body like yep. you think that's what separates I do I do I do think that some some degree what separates it I do think that I heard the other day on somewhere they said like 7% on each side of Jonathan Hyatt if you haven't read the book it's called The Coddling of the American Mind uh he had a Rogan podcast Incredible book. He's a college professor, basically all about how this past generation, 20, 2011 on, you know, that generation has been coddled so that they have safe spaces and this and that. Um, and I think he talks about that idea that like 7% on each side, the left, the far, far, far left and the far right, like they're, they're so vocal and they're so emotional that they're just causing damage to the rest of the, whatever, 80 oh, percent. So, so on both sides, that uh, okay i'll buy that I'll like buy it's that. the same it's, it's you know the, the wellness i guess is it the wellness um fitness continuum like yep. each side yeah. sucks like you don't want to yep. be on either of them yeah. so uh i don't know i mean i think that too i think i think conservatives in general you know it's it's exact opposite of like a i guess the considered whatever the liberal ideology is today when like as a conservative i go like you should have the right to think that you can kill a baby whether or not it's legal is a different thing, but I believe that you have the right to think that you have the right to live your life. However you think you want to live, but the, but the left ideology, at least the, the far right progressive, like they don't believe that I should have that right. And so it's like, it's almost a battle of ideologies where, where the one, the conservatives are more like you, you're allowed to have that versus the other one says you're not allowed to have it. So the left is always going to kind of win in that sense where, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, the way I think like of it I'm, too open, is, I'm open to be tolerant, but you're not open for me to be tolerant. Right. I, I, and I like that 7% on each end because when I think of the far right, the most radical on the far right are the ones who have their imaginary friend, God. And, the, and, the, and so they have to defend this imagination, this imaginary character, like to the fucking gills. And on the far left, this radical, fucking, super violent, fascist seven percent on the left, they want to they want to defend their imaginary fucking world of like gender and being offended and and conflating reality with their thoughts. Like they're just a complete fucking mess. And, well, when you when you say the seven percent on the left, you know, guy, I guess can you can you expound on that? 
what you call the progressive left. But what I'm, what I'm, the, the main point of what I'm saying is on those, those are people who are, who are most vigorously defending their imagination, which is the crazy part. Something they're so violent and vigorous about defending that, that they're willing to hurt other people for it, even though there's, there's no, there's nothing there. It's just their imagination. It's their imaginary friend, God, and their imaginary friend, non-binary, the, they, him with all that shit. And so for some reason, people feel the most passionate and willing to put their life on the line the most and hurt other people to defend something, something that's not even real. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the, I mean, there's obviously religious folks on the, on the right that are in that, I would consider whatever that seven to 10%, but I would consider that more of the, like the, the white supremacist, um, well, yeah, that's like imaginary ultra, shit right, too, wait, right? Like, to think that someone, yeah, like, right, but I mean, like, right. it's the same ideology. It's just flipped, right? It's like you should, you should, you should accept everyone is on the right, on the left, excuse me, whether it's child molesters or not, and then on the right, it's like you only can have it this way, and both are wrong. And I want to be super so, clear. I love people who believe in fucking God, and I fucking fantastic. I'm glad you do. I hope you're right. And I love transgender people. Fucking keep it go- keep it going. Do whatever you got to do to make yourself happy. Choose the path you want to choose. It's the part of like fucking forcing us to believe your shit. No, and to- totally. And I think at the end of the day, that forced speech, you know, the free speech, the- this whole idea. And this is my last time I hop off. You know, I think that I'll tell you when you can when, go. You're, you're on my show. If you're if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to control someone's speech, it's only a matter of time before someone controls your speech. Yeah. And like and just like the current changes, and it it it. I, I'm t- I'm 32 years old, um, and I think a lot of folks in my generation and younger just don't understand like the precious gift of free speech that you have, mm. and that like. It has to be. It has to be protected at all costs. Because if it's not, then everything else goes out the window, and then all the other rules of society go away. And like, for as much as the founders of the of the of the of the of the colonies and of the United States, like as much as they might have had issues um, in some, uh, you know, uh, you know, they talk about freedom, but then half the population is enslaved. It's self-correcting. Like they created a system where things could self-correct like no other else on planet on planet earth and no it's not a perfect system and there never will be a perfect system but it is the most perfect system that we have and if you use it in a moral and upright uh you know if you have a, i forget who said it but uh it said the constitution only works if you have a moral and upright population and so in, in america though if you have folks that follow the rules and do what the constitution says and abide by the like some sense of morality and i know that's a vague word too but um in the general american sense like it works are you are are you justin medeiros (laughs) i'm not justin medeiros no i'm not okay uh what's up i am a crossfitter though i'm a crossfitter though so that i'm trying to be the best version of myself we can tell by your logic thinking Thank you for calling. Wads on me. The only abortion perspective, but thank you. The only abortion perspective I need is Bill Burr's. It's the best bit ever. I feel like when I heard that, I'm like, that motherfucker stole that from me. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. Are you single for my friend Heidi? Heidi's engaged, I think. (laughs) What? No. No? She just got divorced. No, no, no. She's engaged now to Austin in the comments. Uh, uh, Sivan, what would it take for you to believe in God? Uh, The second I stop knowing God, I'll start believing God. Mm. Uh, Sevon thinks he is God. 
Oh shit, am I shadow shadow banned? I'm too much of a coward to be shadow banned, as Savon would say. Mike, Mike, the sauce. Uh, he does sound like him. Yeah, I would have. I wouldn't have ever even noticed that unless someone said it. If I thought I was God, I would have noticed that. Well, there, take that. <laughs> he, Heidi definitely engaged. Yeah, I think she, she's, 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 she's got something. Got... Okay, uh, two forty-eight pharma. No one call in. No one call in. Hour and twenty. We gotta get our first one. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Caleb's going to be out of a job if you guys keep calling in. <laughs> Big Pharma made a whopping $1.7 trillion profit last year. Not a penny went towards making anybody understand how to live a healthier life. There is not a single pharmaceutical drug out there without a side effect, which is treated with another pharmaceutical. When we collectively understand that they don't create cures, they keep customers the agenda dies. People get healthy. Oh, the whole time, I just wanted to see that girl. What that girl was wearing in the back. I, I love yellow. I wish yellow looked good on me. Anyway, one point seven trillion. That that must be the number for um. That must be the number for globally because we just saw it's we just saw it's five hundred seventy six billion for the U S. So it's one point seven trillion. It's just crazy. Okay, two yeah. uh, two forty six two forty six. And they regulate themselves too. That's the that's the nutty part. So uh, th this, I'm going to have to read a little bit of this to you because this part's in Italian. But I had a friend over the other day, and they said their kid was tested at school, and they said this the, your kid is um, falling behind what the school wants, and um, so they have to put your kid in special ed or something like that. And I and yeah. she was explaining this to me. She said the school tests your kid, and if your kid doesn't jump through their hoops, it's your kid's fault. The school never reflects on the fact that the school may be bad. And I was just like, holy fuck, why didn't I ever think of that? Yeah, that, that I, I went through so many tests for like ADHD when I was younger. And then they like quasi tried to diagnose me to it. And my dad was like, you're only trying to diagnose him so you could so we could now get him on a prescription. He's not going to take a prescription whether the diagnosis comes out like positive for ADHD or not. Why is it and the fucking that, kid's fault if you're failing as a, as a school, as a place for kids to succeed and flourish? Like, at least meet us 50% of the way. Dude, I was in every single, like, remedial class you could do. Like, I used to, like, people would be like, what's your schedule, like, for your classes? And I would just, like, make shit up because I didn't want them to know that I was, like, basic math again for, like, the third time. Holy shit. <laughs> math for little yeah. arts majors. Hey, did you, know you have to ride the little bus, Sousa? No, because I had a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> worse worse uh there's the big bus there's the yellow bus and yeah there's the kids on skateboard hey and guess and guess what i got i got all money i got more money than them teachers now hey uh you know what's cool about that too there's this lady who comes from the state to check on my kids every 20 days like to make sure they're like they're up just because they're homeschooled and that's gustavo. how we get money from yeah the gustavo <laughs> and her kid is like a hardcore skateboarder. And she said her kid has crazy ADHD. And I was just talking to myself about that the other day. They're like, what do you think the profile is for kids who skateboard? I go, kids who are um, uh, if you skateboarding to keep them so focused because it's life or death always on a skateboard. It's always the concrete's coming straight fucking up at you. And they're all super crazy smart. It's basically where um, really smart kids who can who use skateboarding to facilitate focus. 
like it, it, it's not the stoner violent bad kids that's just like that's a stick yeah that's yeah do you think that the kids skateboarding that you hung out with were pretty fucking smart kids it was like 50 50 like someone like one of them like has his pilot's license and was like you know just crazy motivated and there was a few of them that were just kind of like you know burnouts but they didn't skate like you could always tell by the the level in which they progressed in skateboarding so there was a few of the oh. skateboarders that were like they were like hardcore they were super focused on just continuously progressing they skated in competitions they had sponsors and stuff like that and there was the ones that just kind of like putted around on a skateboard because it gave them an identity because that shit is hard yeah and it's hard on, it's like hard on your body it's hard mentally like yeah man, it's, it's, it's so much failure it's so much failure i wish i had one of my old skate videos to show you guys i think people would get a kick out of that you know who okay. was it niger hall or niger houston niger. yeah the guy yeah. he has like the the uh, nike kid yeah he just Nigel. he's been since he's been um uh rehabbing from his knee surgery he's been just posting videos of his of just attempts of tricks that he's been doing and i think probably the last 20 posts with like probably five videos per post are just him just but just hitting the concrete every time like it's yeah. fucking hard too like i don't know how people do it and they're just getting slammed every time he tries to jump over some stairs my yeah. kids always have the biggest deepest bruises on them like the kinds that like you put your finger over when i'm bathing them and it's like oh god it's like tender just to like wiping something over it and and, and we play this game i'm like what happened they're like and they and they tell me they they all know about each other's bruises oh, <laughs> you got that one on your butt oh that one on your shin yeah oh it's crazy they're like oh that's the weirdest thing about having that's one of the weird things about having kids is they're they've just always have bruises all over them <laughs> and, and like if you're as an adult you're like if i had one of those this year i'd be like holy shit i can't do that again they're completely covered in bruises um so okay so this is the italian um i don't know what i think about this but i but i think it's a fascinating idea this is the italian uh prime minister who everyone hated and said was like a fascist and all this shit, but she's, she sounds pretty dope. Italian, a uh, prime minister. Uh, I don't know how do you pronounce her name. G- Georgia, Maloney, Maloney, Georgia. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the solution yeah, is not to, <laughs> the solution is not to take Africans and bring them to Europe. The solution is to free Africa from certain European, uh, Europeans who exploit it. I'm like, wow, this, that's what made me think of the school thing. Stop blaming the fucking kids. How about you look at the school a little bit? And she's saying, like, wh- why are we bringing all these people here? How about unfuck- help them unfuck their own country? I-, I-, I don't know if I agree with it, but it's important to think out of the box. Okay, here we go. This is a child who works in a gold mine. In one of the poorest countries in the world, Burkina Faso. And she's holding up this picture of this little black kid. In return, they demand that 50% of everything that Burkina Faso exports ends up in the coffers of the French treasury. The gold mine that this child goes down a tunnel to extract. The gold that this child goes down a tunnel mostly ends up in the coffers of the French state. So the solution is not to take the Africans and bring them to Europe. Oh, she's getting passionate. And allow these people to live off of what they have. She's basically saying steal from Burkina Faso. So so basically she's saying France goes over there, props up a mine, 
um, you know, I, I, I guess builds the infrastructure to dig out gold, pays 50% of the payment goes to the people who work there and 50% comes to France. I bet you, I bet you it's more like 90, 10. <laughs> Probably the same but, for Apple products in China. Right. So God, can, can you believe Fox that that company that builds the iPhone has a million employees? Get your head wrapped around that a million What's their HR department? I bet you they don't have an HR department. Hey, yeah, it's the net. It's the net bars outside the windows of the factories. That's the HR department. A million employees. I think CrossFit Inc. probably has 200. That's probably too many. Uh, 245. This woman has a size 16 foot, and she's 6 feet 9 inches tall. This is the largest foot on a woman on planet earth that's uh that we know about oh really i can't oh, okay sorry <laughs> sorry Kayla. regarding your cookie joint, yeah, maybe you don't need to see her foot i just thought she's three inches shorter than the tallest woman alive tallest woman alive is seven feet tall she, she was in some country like that i couldn't i couldn't even oh say the name of it. yeah look at these feet size 16 and, and, and oh no i think she's size 16 in men sorry She's size 16 in men and size 18 in uh, women. Wait, we can't see her feet. Ah, there's those beautiful things. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, and that, like, that's just bad media. They should have put, like, a Coke can or something next to it. Yeah, you know I need I mean? a reference. I need something yeah. for reference here. Or, like, have me like stand next to her feet. Something. Or, like, my feet <laughs> next to her feet. I'm a size 8. A fucking 8. <laughs> oh yeah go, go oh what go. that's like a picture of her in school yes as a kid what are they lighting multiple candles let's see can you see her feet in that picture looks no. like for uh yeah. like her um, christmas order. oh that's her all the way on the right as a little kid yeah anyway let me see if uh, i can read the name of the country where the seven foot woman is from i wonder if these toe spacers fit her too oh you got toe spacers wow yeah you. uh uh, easy, easy, easy. Uh, uh, okay, forget it. Anyway, that size six, <laughs> size size sixteen in men, and a size eighteen in. Anyway, fine. Okay. Okay. This one is this one. I I I don't know what to say. I I don't know how this is real. Two forty four. They're suggesting that the people in Canada who refuse the vaccine need a psych evaluation and should get on psych meds. The government is suggesting that. This... Who's in charge here? Okay, listen closely to this. This, I, How is this true? I mean, there is a definite assault against the unvaccinated. And you've talked about how uh, even th they recommend, you know, perhaps psychiatric medication or something for people that don't want to take a vaccine. So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. Pause. Center College of Physicians and Surgeons out of Ontario. Action. <laughs> Letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them. Now, so far, they're not mandating it. They're just suggesting it mm. that any of their unvaccinated patients, that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric <laughs> medication. So far, it's just a suggestion. 
But mm. the College of mm. Physicians and Surgeons mm. of Ontario should not be making these kinds of suggestions. This is extremely unethical, and this is a very, very slippery slope. Uh, if, if they're suggesting that people who wish to have bodily autonomy and, and don't want an experimental vaccine, that there may be something mentally wrong with them, that is a very, very dangerous slippery slope that we're on. Oh, man. Okay, I want to just read this to you again so you guys understand. The College of Physicians and Surgeons in Ontario, Canada has sent a letter to all doctors in Ontario recommending recommending that they consider putting all of their unvaccinated clients on psychiatric meds. <laughs> oh my god. You will comply. Okay, I, I don't I, it's so it's so bad. I, I I, I don't want to be mean, but every time I see this stuff, I just think of Patrick Vellner. I just think, what would Patrick's response be to this? Dude, there's people that will defend that. That'll be like, well, you know, some of them, some of them do need to be on psychiatric meds. You know, they, they, they're the same ones that wouldn't take their bipolar medication, too. You know, they should probably take some sort of meds to help them out. <clears throat> Uh, 243, Jeffrey Epstein. It sounds like there's going to be, I know. Okay, good, Allison. Good. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it is a joke. Okay. Let's just say it's a joke. Let's put it. Yeah, I agree. It's a joke. It's not that story can't be real. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. The Epstein <laughs> shit is crazy, dude. So oh, I love this shit. Yeah. We should do uh, some deep dives on this. It sounds like, uh, this lady, Giselle, uh, Max, Maxwell, Jelaine Maxwell, Jelaine Maxwell, Jelaine, Jelaine. Ghislaine Maxwell. It sounds like uh, she's there's a chance she's going to talk. It what they're what they're saying is is she has been moved to a better prison now, and that she's serving a 20 year sentence there, but that they would consider reducing her sentence if she gave up some names. By the way, uh, I want you to judge Preska overrode objection objections from Tom Pritzer the billionaire executive chairman of the Hyatt Hotels. That name right there is not a name you hear very often, Tom Pritzer, but the mm -hmm. Pritzer family might be the richest family in, in the United States. There's like 10 kids or something, and they all are worth over a billion dollars. And one of those kids has gone through a transition. One of the men in the Pritzer family has gone from man to woman. And you have to understand, if you go down that rabbit hole, um, you will see that is a very powerful and influential family in ways that those of us who have kids probably not likey likey so muchy muchy. <laughs> um, but this guy, Tom Pritzer, there's all sorts of people who are trying, and this guy is one of them, Tom Pritzer, this billionaire, who is trying to stop anything coming out from uh, Maxwell. There's a whole list of people. They won't even tell you who it is. Look at there were 16 non-party doers that objected to the information being released, but the judge said that the majority of the sensitive information had been made known during Maxwell's trial and ordered dozens of documents to be unsealed. But the judge did make some concessions to the people that objected to the material being uh, being made known. So there's a fight. Uh, Bill Clinton should be sweating bullets. Uh, Bill Clinton should be sweating bullets. Reporter Carrie Donovan said. Hmm. Uh but somewhere down here is uh, – okay, and I haven't seen this documentary. The shocking warning came out of a new documentary that investigated the role of Britain's Prince Andrew and his close ties as a client of Epstein's. When the comments were made uh, that there could be further revelations about other clients of Epstein's because his madam, Ghislaine Maxwell Giz, – Jiz is her first part of her name, Jiz? <laughs> no, it's just uh, like Ghislaine. I'm going with Jiz. 
Ghislaine Ghislaine Maxwell, who had recently convicted for crimes associated with Epstein, has until June 2023 to cooperate with prosecutors in possibly overturning more names. Hmm, That list is long. I can't wait for all this to come out. You think it will? Hey, I hope so. Wad Zombie, you no, no, no. Lane, I'm with no. uh, Dick Butter on this one. Suicide in three, two, one. <laughs> she wow, gone. she gone. But they put her in a max security prison, so she yeah, yeah, yeah. the same one Epstein was in, right? Su- suicide watch, <laughs> with those sleepy security guards. Jizz uh-huh. Lane, what a mess. Have you? I wish like, they were. I wish we could have. I would so much rather just keep. I would so much rather have just kept him alive. Like, wh- why couldn't they? I'd have put him in a nice house with some guards and just let him talk. Just let him. I just want to hear the stories. I just, yeah, I just you, let it, but there's yeah. lots of powerful people who do not. Just like, like, hey, he's a bad guy, but let, let him just sing. Give, be like, hey, no matter for five years, you can live in this house with this pool. Um, you, you're on three acres. The taxpayers will pay for it. Now just tell us everything that happened. I just want to know. But the rest Somebody of you motherfuckers, yeah, I just want to know. Just let it, just I, let us. I, I want to know. I want to know too. I want to know how deep it goes. Here's the problem with that, by the way. Deep. You th- if you think molesting kids is bad, just imagine how terrified those people are that that's going to come out and what they would do to protect it from coming out. So the second a politician's involved in something like that, oh but, man, you own him. Yeah. Well, you seen you 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 have uh, seen the picture that he had of Bill Clinton on his like mega million mansion in New York. I think it was was it yeah, New York? Yeah, Caleb? yeah, that one that was yeah, in? yeah. When so, he yeah. walked in and he was like Bill Clinton was like on that thing in the Monica Lewinsky dress holding a cocktail, and it was like larger than life commissioned painting of that. Right when you walked into his house, it, really? You didn't, it was the Monica it, Lewinsky dress. Yes, Bill Clinton of it? wearing the Monica Lewinsky blue dress, sitting in a armchair. You could Google it, and the, and apparently that was one of like many like bizarre uh, commissioned artworks he had of powerful people. Where is it? As in, yes. Hey, yes. I would have loved to have drawn that if I was uh, an artist, though. And that's and it was like big, and right when you walked into the house, and to me that's just a pa- that's a power move. That's like, hey, hey, motherfucker, I own you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I own you. Hey, there's is there a picture of Bill Clinton in front of that painting? Oh, that would be epic. Imagine you come over to my house, and I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, bring the fam, bring the kids. There's a picture of you in a fucking, that I had painting in a dress. Or, or how about just with like a tape measure pulled out measuring Danny Spiegel's ass, and it was me. Just- <laughs> <laughs> That's how big that number is. <laughs> Crazy. And he had so much money. Notice how I said guys, by the way. There's no women doing this shit, or so few. Yeah. It's just yeah. all dudes. It's all just dudes. Yeah. We are different. Dudes. Same, same. Different. Same, same. <laughs> dudes. Yeah. Dudes are so... God. Dudes. It's just dudes. It's dudes that break windows. It's dudes that fucking do weird sex shit. It's dudes that drive cars too fast. It's dudes. It's dudes. I ain't hating, but but it's dudes. But it is what it is. It's dudes. It's penises. It's the penis. It's the it's the penis. It's the, that thing that dangles below the penis. It's a that that right there. There's like some concoction in there that's just 
fucking just makes you want to throw break a beer bottle for no reason. Just menaces of society. Where yeah. is Jeff Baco? He's been MIA. It's what do, do girls do that? My kids can't seem to understand that you can't walk around the house eating crackers. No matter how many burpees I make them do, no matter how what I do to them. Why not? <laughs> Can you just get, dude, you're eating that and it's spilling on the ground. Oh, sorry. Who's going to clean that up? I don't know. Well, you're going to clean it up now, but why wouldn't you just eat it over the counter and then you don't have to spend five minutes cleaning it up? It's like, fucking dude. <laughs> but I just know it's dudes because I'm the same way. I'd be exactly the same way. Or I'm like, hey, can you come, just come sit down before you take a bite of that cracker? He starts eating it while he's walking over to the table. <laughs> Fucking knucklehead. Crumbs, I bro. Th- I have three dudes I live with who just like, hey, there's nothing better. Any group of men on the planet would love to have a BB gun and a row of bottles <laughs> at any time, 24 hours a day. You could just wake us up and we'd be more than happy to just do that for an hour. Or just rocks. And yeah, whatever. Field. Just. Just a line of bottles and some shit to to, to target. Pre- I mean, th- we're we'd be happy as a clam. That's true. Oh, but that glass is breaking on a kid's playground. Ah, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> later. Okay, uh, two forty-two lifestyle choice. Oh my god, we're an hour and forty. <laughs> my goodness, uh, two forty-two lifestyle choices. This is in 1993. The New England Journal of Medicine came out with a very well-researched report stating that 70% of our diseases are lifestyle-related and that eight of the nine leading causes of death here in America are lifestyle-related. That's 89%. Now, I find it interesting in a way that when these people die of any one of these eight out of nine leading cause of death, they don't say cause of death, lifestyle related, do they? Keep in mind, this is 27 years ago, folks. If they knew 27 years ago that most of us are dying from lifestyle related choices, why aren't they teaching that to our so-called experts? And then why do they say cause of death, cancer? Cause of death, heart disease? Why don't they say cause of death, eating the wrong food? In America, the standard American diet. Very sad indeed. In 1993, COVID killed nobody. They've always known. That was an article he was reading from from 1993 from the New England Journal of Medicine. Lifestyle choices, eight and nine to eight out of nine deaths. And then we heard Greg Glassman say for 20 years. And yet they still are calling it COVID and heart disease and type 2 diabetes. And they're still calling it all this shit. And the reason why they're calling it all that shit is so that they can make drugs to fix that shit. Yeah, that's what I would say. Institutions are built off it. Yeah. So, And and yet we, 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 God, we're in just Tardville. Uh, 241, sugar is a drug and drug addicts don't say no. Okay, this one, I, I, I don't mean to upset anyone about this. I really don't. I know this thing is going to ruffle someone's feathers. But my Uh-oh. point is this. My point is is that drug addicts cannot say no to drugs. Like Corey had to lock himself in a fucking room for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Drug addicts cannot say no to drugs. It's just the way it is. 
And you can spot a drug addict. They're very easy to spot. Action. Excuse me? Do you guys want one shake or pass it on to the next person and double it? Um, double. Do you want two shakes or we'll pass it on to the next person and double it? What'd you put in them? Bro, this is Eminem and this is Matcha. That one looks good, but I think you should double it. Right at the next person, man. I'm gonna All right. Try to slim her down, bud. Take four shakes or pass it on to the next person and double it. Uh, take four. Excuse me. You so, oh shit. The, the third, the third young lady's a drug addict, and just like you see a homeless person sitting in the corner, fucking like just like just like convulsing and shit, super skinny. You know they're addicted to heroin. You see their needles around them. You see the obese lady walk up, and you know she's a drug addict. You just know they're they're a drug addict. But once again, no one wants to call it what it is. And man, sugar is so powerful. And you see, if you really want to see the power of it too, watch kids around it. It is it is absolutely a, once you hone in and start watching that, it's amazing. Crazy video, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I could even like drink one whole. Like, how do you get to the point where you're able to eat or drink four of those? Ugh. I, 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 um, I had a, when I was younger, I used to drink probably once a week, one of the, a, a venti caramel frappuccino and I would tell them extra, extra syrup. And then I went yeah. a couple, and then I went a couple years without eating one. And then I ate one and something, uh, something was not right. It was like, I OD, I actually think I OD'd on sugar <laughs> or something. I was not okay for a few minutes or like 30 minutes. Yeah. I did that when I worked there. I used to get them and ask for the extra caramel. And then when I worked there, I was like, I could put all the caramel I want. <laughs> I just went yeah. town. Yes, yes. I got so sick. There are no rules. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was like, I don't have to be embarrassed by putting as how much I really want in there. And I was, yeah, I got such a stomachache for that. It was terrible. Okay, this video is so good. I probably shouldn't enjoy this one. Uh, it's it's called uh, Trudeau is a tool. I, this it's two thirty seven. It is so good. I. It is really unbelievable. Canada, what, what, please, please, Canada, what are please, you guys thinking? Please, Canada. I mean, how is this guy your leader? This is incredible. He's meeting with the, this is, he's, he's with the title of this is Chinese dictator caught dressing down Trudeau. I'm like, what does that mean? Dressing down? Well, I sure as fuck learned what it meant here. Trudeau gets so schooled here. It's so embarrassing. He fucking spanked Trudeau. He disciplined him like a little boy, and then Trudeau couldn't even respond to what he said. 
He basically said, for those of you who couldn't hear, the, 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 the Xi, Xi Jinping is basically saying, hey, dude, we had a private conversation. Now it's leaked everywhere, and that's not fucking cool. And Trudeau's like, I hope in the future we will continue a, like a robot. Doesn't even, hear, doesn't even hear what he says and interrupts the translator. And he goes, I hope in the future we can continue to talk and have an open dialogue. And then the president of China is like, uh, yeah, we'll have to set the conditions first. Meaning, hey, you're a fucking duplicitous piece of shit. Yeah. Okay, hey. sorry, Kylie. Sorry. I just it's just it's so bizarre. I know. I know we got we got Biden. I'll take one. I'll take a lump. <laughs> hey, you think he speaks English too and just has that translator there for like space? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's for what I would, sure, that's what I would do too. Yeah. Well, that's interesting you said that too, because he did respond very quickly to the last before the translator could have translated it. Mm-hmm. Where like yes. it would let him like it leak out that he's like frustrated, so then he's just like pushes past he's, the he, needs a, he needs an anger <laughs> translator like the tmp episode he's got the anger translator uh 235 i thought this was rather poignant it's a uh, uh called costco pants <laughs> this is this is ridiculous but so i think it might be true costco pants uh 235 costco pants the very first time this is the nature of growing up but sometimes you do things you thought you would never ever do like I recently bought pants from Costco. <laughs> that's a big deal. That's a new chapter in your life, right? Because when you buy pants from Costco, that's when you don't care anymore. <laughs> that's when we let go of our egos and we begin our spiritual journey. Because <laughs> you hear people say stuff like, oh, I'm not concerned about other people's opinions. I don't care about what they think. That is just talk until you back it up with the Costco pants purchase. <laughs> That's how you let him know. He for real. He don't give a damn. For real. He wearing Kirkland pants. <laughs> don't mess with him. Dude, don't mess with him. When you see somebody wearing Kirkland pants, you know two things. Number one, they do what it takes to live. <laughs> Number two, but they not afraid to die anymore. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's those are the it, it really is like that as you get old as i get older like i thought i would never wear one of those sun hats and like now i don't leave the house without one i know my nose is hat spent too much time in the sun i, I take that rogue sun hat everywhere like all right do you only have one no i have three okay i thought so rotate them uh bill bill and katie would give me one every year which is pretty cool i'd go in there there was a lady there who was um I think her and her husband ran Rogue Europe, and she would run the store there. Her name was Anu. I was almost going to name one of my kids after her. And, um, oh, that's cool. She would always hook me up with uh, a Rogue hat. Or hey, you want to hear something else cool? Is that I did that Dear Bill and Katie about my sweatshirt. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a sweatshirt, spoiler alert. But I did have somebody who was a listener of the show that his wife worked at the Rome airport. And he was oh. like, he was like, hey, let her know. She's on maternity leave right now, but she's gonna make a phone call. And if it popped up in Lost and Found, we'll we'll ship it back to you. Holy and shit! Really? That, like, shit. Yeah. And just the fact that like somebody like took the time to like even think about that and like yeah, had, that's you know cool. what I mean? Like made a call yeah. to the airport is fucking amazing. Like I yes, was, it felt like I had it back. I still don't have it back, but <laughs> keep so the dream awesome. alive. Keep I'm gonna keep dream. it alive. Yeah, that sucker might chill back up. Who knows? Who knows? Uh. Oh, oh, 221, Brandon Waddell. Let's get this shit out of, out of here. 221, Brandon Waddell. So I tell you guys that I'm working on snatching a 100-pound dumbbell. 
Brandon sends this. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like, dickhead. Look at this. Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> so this is 135 pounds. And it's not even a dumbbell. It's a bar. It's got to be 10 times harder than what I'm trying to do. Look at him. He's a gorilla. Look at his forearms. It's part oh, gorilla. Oh, he's not going to snap. Oh, him. fuck off. <laughs> oh. And he had control of it too. It wasn't so like a sketchy. Like, I know. He, down. Like, he, he, like, he made the rep count. Hey, with no fear either. Look where he just, he just, I wonder how many times he had to figure out exactly where to put his hand. I mean, look how just, look at that. Look at that. Uh, take that. And. Oh uh, my goodness. God. That dude could throw me over a fence. He tosses it down with authority too. He lets me. you know. He's like. I'm still, I'm still gonna do Damn it, Brandon. Okay, I invited this girl two seventeen. I invited this girl onto the podcast to do a bit with me. She never responded to me. I asked her in the DMs if she would come on the podcast and play a certain character. Now, Caleb, what you have to do is you have to try to pause this clip every. This, this is going to be. Uh, uh, let me see if I can open it in my window real quick and tell you where you have to pause it. Um, okay, so. Okay, so in about, about she's when you play this clip, this person in this video is going to look over their shoulder and then rotate their hips to look at the camera. And right when they rotate their hips, I want you to pause it. Okay, if you can. Okay, so look at this clip. Okay, yeah, play. Stop. Oh, too much. See if you can reboost it. See if you can reboost it. So I asked, I asked this girl, I said, hey, in her DMs, I said, hey, can you come on the show and pretend like, right there. Who does that look like? Katrin. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and play this clip. Look at how much this girl looks like Katrin in some shots. It's absolutely fucking amazing. This is Katrin David's daughter's like doppelganger. Oh my goodness. There, 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 yep. that's Katrin. Yeah. You see For that sure. when she turns to the side? Yes. There it is. Oh, For sure. my goodness. For sure. And I'd send her DM. I'm like, hey, could you come on my show and just pretend to be David Katrin's daughter and we just talk for a little bit? Did you send <laughs> she, that for real? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? I don't even. How would I know? Because it'll say. Be how, many, how many followers does she have? I don't have my phone with me to check. But 42,000. Oh, 42. Okay, not like that many. She should see the DM. It's on the hundreds of thousands. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, I, Marco saying I, I sent him I sent him this. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just that one particular sh that video where she turns her head to the side. Marco, I guess Marco sent this to me. I cannot believe how much she looks like her. Yeah, that's incredible. It's pretty wild. Maybe she, I, I should check to see if she did. Uh, well, you don't follow her, so she won't. No, I'm I'm sure I follow. I, the, before I send anyone a DM, I follow them. Oh, no, yeah. that's Caleb's account. And Caleb doesn't follow. Yeah, it. yeah. It's a podcast account. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a podcast. Yeah. Oh, I know. follow everybody in the podcast account. <laughs> if only you had your blue check mark. He's not wrong. Hey, David. would it be fun wrong. to see what would happen to all these people if they lost their Instagram account for – like, are they just like, yeah, remember like, when Instagram had that like issue for like 
whatever it was, six hours, and it was like yeah. down. That was. But awesome. I, but I want people. I want people to kind of like. I was wondering what these. We were since we've been exploring all this stuff with these people and who their what their identity is. I was like, oh, I just want to see what would happen to these people if they just. What if they just lost their account? That shows you how owned these people are. Like they will do whatever it takes to not lose their account. I bet they would sell out no matter what. Like, what if we found out? What if we found out that um, the CEO of uh, of Instagram was uh, on Jeffrey Epstein's island? Would Catron post? I'm out. Zuckerberg. No. Yeah. Would no. she turn off her no. account? No. None of them would. None, None of, of them would. None of them would. Because they're they're. You know, do you know what it is when you take money to do tricks? Do you know what that's called? There's a word for that. And that's what it is. <laughs> Patrick Hart says, for some, it's their livelihood. It would be like losing your job. Yeah, it's, com- it's completely that's, out of control, like a job, too. Yep, yeah. and it would be like losing your job. You're right. Yeah, source of income. Hey, and for some of them, it's not even their livelihood. It's their identity. Mm. That thing, that imagine those 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 ones and O's that make up that software is their identity. Just ones and O's. No weird. It's such a pull on like everybody wanting status, you know. Like you get the the blue check mark. Why don't they just be like a Spiegel and just put a wrench in their name as an emoji? <laughs> hey, I'm not going to. Um... I'm not going to erase that from the list. I'm leaving that doppelganger on there. We have to revisit that. Oh, shit. Fucking Sousa looked like Trudeau to me for a minute. <laughs> I mean, this thing I've ever said. Anyway. Okay, 214. I take that back. I'm sorry. I should have kept that. It should have been my inside voice. I was like uh, looking at Victor putting in two letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, Spiegel's got the wrench. Okay. <laughs> this will be the last one then. 214. Devin Lorette, been on the show, I don't know, six or seven times. Um, I just, I mean, these guys, everyone loves a little bit of arm wrestling. Devin Lorette on the left, second best maybe arm wrestler alive on the planet today, both right and left-handed. And uh, here we go. The comeback from that is insane. And watch how he pronates his hand now. Watch how he, he pronates. Watch this. Oh. Now he knows. Now he knows. Wow. So for those of you who don't know, I'll give you a quick basic lesson in arm wrestling, the, the most generic lesson you'll ever have you keep your you keep your elbow basically touching your body the entire time you keep your arm here and you turn arm wrestling is not this but what Devin also does here at this point is he does this he's doing he's actually he's in this position and he turns like this and that it, it arm wrestling looks so simple but it, it really is fucking there's so many little pieces to it but right there he turns he's in this position and he turns and to do that to another man's hand when he's hanging on it you have to be so fucking strong yeah did you ever arm wrestle him just for like yeah 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 just a hundred times yeah feel the power you do you can't feel anything you can't it, <laughs> it's like it, it's like um uh going up you know if like if you just grab like a tell put your hand on a telephone pole and try to go like this 
it's like tell, yeah. it's like that you can't you can't even measure him because it's so you know like if you have a big stack on the lat thing and you have the whole stack and you can't pull it down but you can jump and like be like okay i kind of get it or you can put your head there and like lift your feet up and like put a, a weight vest or something around and you could pull it down and let it up slow you can't do any of that with him <laughs> brian shaw is doing arm wrestling now wow yeah Devin's a, a freak of nature all those guys, even shitty arm wrestlers who are pro arm wrestlers, you can't, you can't even, you can't tell how strong they are because it, it's like pulling on something that doesn't want to uh, move. I haven't seen slap fighting yet. Is that when is that's coming soon? Right? Yeah, I think it's it is. not even slap fighting. They hit, they hit each other with the palm. Yeah, it's I kind of don't like it. Uh, okay, where was that? Dev? Okay, erase that. human beings drug overdoses where does caffeine come from death of pro athletes i want this stairmaster the n-word covid vaccine and abortions pharmaceutical industry this guy stole my joke hating america robert gets shot and dies Jeez, just reading all the titles off these or abortion what? for black babies smartest men in the world new york city oh okay here's one okay i'll finish on this this is it you guys are gonna like this i started talking about myself i'll end by talking about myself number 150 i used to carry a camera around with me everywhere i mean like literally everywhere a video camera like everywhere and i filmed and i made the show iv tv that i told you about most popular show in santa barbara cable history and it was just a public access show i did for free and i just edited it in my car and i had a couple friends who helped me kind of like this show and one night i was out filming and we had heard that fox might pick up our show and this is before like girls gone wild or any of that shit this was like 2002 or three or four and i i don't think anyone there was anyone even doing what anything that i was doing because the day that editing software Final Cut Pro came out and the day the computer came out, I got it and I started making shit or starting trying to learn how to make shit. So one day I tell myself I'm not going to film, but I have my camera with me anyway. And me and my buddy went and got a 12 pack. The guy I did the show with Greg Shields went and got a 12 pack of. What's the brown ale from England? Guinness? No. No. Um... Fuck. Brown ale from England. I can't remember now. Someone will know, but it's a brown ale from England. It was like expensive. Like it was probably like twice as expensive as Natty uh, uh, Natty Ice. But we'd been reached out <laughs> Newcastle. Newcastle. Thank Castle. you, thank you, yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. Jeez, a bunch of alcoholics. Yeah. Hey, Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle. Thank you. Okay. You so, it. um, so um, and it, it, that was like just going out on a limb. Ninety percent for you, ten percent for the team. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Thanks, Clay. So, um, so I had my camera with me and we walked out of the liquor store and it's this college town and um, everyone there walks and it's just a small little half square mile on the Pacific ocean. And it's kind of like by itself all alone with the university. It's, it's this incredible place to send your kids if you want to see them spin out of control. <laughs> and so there's, there's, there's always at night, there's always so many people on the streets walking around like thousands. And so we walk out of the liquor store and we're walking through a park. And as I'm walking through the park, I see um, uh, fire and smoke 
and I and I run up to the street and I just assumed it was a couch on fire. I'm like, okay, I'll film a burning couch because people always do funny stuff around a burning couch, like try to jump over it or throw another couch on top. And I'm like, I'll get some B-roll here. And I notice that there's a fucking car right in front of me and it's all dented up. And a guy jumps out of the car and says, I killed all of you on purpose. I'm the angel of death. And then I look around and there's dead people all around on the ground, five dead people and like two or three injured people. And there's fucking like maybe in in this particular, there's probably like 300 people. So I'm filming this and, and it's a whole story. Maybe someday I'll tell you the whole story, but it was fucking nuts. And then I had, and then, so the police used the video footage in the case. And I had to go testify in this case, this murder case was the guy, the kid's name who jumped out of the car was his name was David Addius. And uh, super wealthy, famous parents. His dad was like directed all the TV shows that everyone knew back then. Ally McBeal, The Sopranos. I think he's directed all that shit. And uh, uh, so basically, if you scroll down a little bit, someone sent me this the other day. Oh, it's all the way back in February. That shows you how long my list has been building. Santa, Bar- Santa Barbara, California today marked the 21st anniversary of a quadruple vehicular Oh, I guess four people died. I thought it was five. Quadruple vehicular homicide, not a visa. It happened just after 11 p.m. on February 23rd, 2001. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it was that late. I don't remember it being that late. But but late. It was dark outside. Coincidentally, David Addis, the man convicted of the crime in a Santa Barbara Superior Court, petitioning for news, re, new lease on life. Judge Thomas Adams is presiding over the case. Basically, he was 18 at the time. Oh, I don't know if he's going 65 miles an hour either because I don't know if you could get up to that speed, but he was in a a nice Audi too. And he plowed into a crowd of students, a massive crowd. Uh, Ruth Levy, Eli Israel, Chris Divas, uh, Nick Bordakis died at the scene. A fifth person, Albert Levy, Ruth's brother, suffered life-threatening injuries. Yeah, I think that person is still fucked up. Uh, He died in 2016. Oh, he died after suffered a seizure. Oh, okay. Well, shit. So five did die. Yeah. uh, so I testified in this murder trial, crazy shit, dude. So much crazy shit. Like my, my relationship with that whole community changed. Half the community hated me because I filmed it. The other half were loved me. It was what a fucking, that was the beginning of the end of that chapter of my life. It was, it was nuts. But anyway, it was, I testified in a murder trial. It's kind of in hindsight. It's like, yeah, put that in a feather. I cried on the stand. It was fucked up. I was like really close to David Addius. He was sitting in the front. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Jay, just a, just another day in my life. I just live on the edge, buddy. Just, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, slacker rich kids go to UC Santa Barbara so they're and their parents so they and their parents can pretend they got a decent education. Not anymore. Now it's all hardworking Asian kids. Racist. Eh, the facts are the facts. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you very much. Um I will uh, see all of you guys tomorrow. I think we have Dale Saran back on. No, I don't even know. Who do we have on tomorrow? You just pulled that out of nowhere. Who do we have on tomorrow? I know we have someone on tomorrow. Yeah, we do. We have. Oh, uh, Scott Panchik. We got Scott Panchik on tomorrow. Tomorrow, I ask Scott Panchik the hard questions. Oh, really? What kind of birth control do you use? <laughs> like none. They're about. They're expecting. And then Again. that's just that's just a decoy question. Then I pivot <laughs> and say, "Are you going to compete this year at the games or what?" That shirt doesn't fit you right. Yeah, I know. I love Scott too. He's cool as shit. Okay. Um, 
Allison NYC, let's leave. Let's leave with a a, a, a compliment. Dear Sevon Podcast, I'm amazed that you guys can pump out a two-hour show that's entertaining and informative start to finish. Most TV shows are 30 to 60 minutes and have a full production team, and they're not as fun to watch. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Allison, if you want to go take the kids to the skate park or go surfing or whatever, call me. Uh, let's do it. Um, I got nothing on the calendar today. It's my fasting day, so I might be poop, poop on a log. But um, I'll do anything. I'm going to go uh, play with my kids a little bit, and then I'll text you and... Uh, Brendan. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, kiss ass. That's fine. Look, kissing ass. I like little kiss ass. Uh, yeah, it's good. All right. Um, bye bye.